Welcome back to the Policy Viz Podcast. I'm your host, John Schwabish. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you had some time to rest and relax and recharge, spend some time with friends and family. Um, I was fortunate enough to take some extra time off and spend an extended trip with my kids. Uh, went down to Florida, visit my mom, uh, spent some time at the beach, spent some time at Legoland, some awesome time at Legoland because it's Legoland. Um, and now back to it, um, back to work. So, um, I've got a great set of episodes coming up on the on the show for you uh, over the next few months. Uh, people from the fields of design, data visualization, uh, some authors, some speakers. Uh, hopefully, you'll be able to use some of the lessons that they are able to talk about to improve the way that you communicate your data, visualize your data, and talk about your data in front of an audience. So, just a few announcements before we get to this first episode of 2019. First off, if you're interested in supporting the show, which I would greatly appreciate. Uh, please consider leaving a review uh, with iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or your favorite podcast provider. That really helps me out, helps other people know about the show, uh, and gets it out there a little bit more. If you're interested in supporting the show financially, uh, you can head over to Patreon. I have a Patreon page set up where you can uh, donate a dollar or two dollars or three dollars a month. That helps me cover the the costs of editing the sound, uh, paying for tra- transcription services. Uh, of web services, all the things that I need to uh, help keep the show running. Now, a couple other announcements about workshops. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a couple of workshops in January of this month. Uh, the first workshop I'm doing is going to be in Amsterdam uh, with Stephanie Posevic. Uh, Stephanie and I have taught a few of our data designed workshops. I will be teaching another workshop in Amsterdam with Graphic Hunters on January 16th. Uh, I believe there are a few slots left, just a couple slots left. So if you're interested in uh, working with us, a full day workshop, uh, a combination of um, uh, lecture and actually sitting down and making things, uh, please consider joining us on the 16th. The next day, the 17th, I'll be teaching a full day Excel workshop uh, and helping people expand the capabilities of Excel to create better, more effective visualizations. And if you're in DC or anywhere near DC, um, I'll be working with Brittany Fong um, on the 31st at the Urban Institute here in DC. We'll be teaching a full day data visualization and Tableau workshop. So again, we'll be talking about best practices um, in data visualization sort of generally, but also uh, in the tool itself, we'll be, we'll be making a, a whole suite of, of visualizations. So there are the announcements. I got those out of the way, and now we can move on to this week's episode. And so to kick off 2019, I'm really excited to have Neil Richards join me on the show. Um, Neil is a data visualization practitioner, um, and he's an information designer. He's based in the UK. Um, he's a Tableau Zen master. He does some incredible data visualization work with Tableau. Um, uh, as I talk about in the interview with Neil, you know, he sort of came onto my radar about six, six to eight months ago. Um, and some of his writings has really caught my eye. His visualizations, of course, have caught my eye, of course. Um, and so it was really a, a pleasure to sit down with Neil uh, and talk about the work that he's been doing and, and what he's looking forward to uh, do over the next, uh, the next few months, at least, going into, uh, into 2019. So, uh, again, a Happy New Year. Uh, I hope you had a great break. And so on to the first episode of the Policy Viz podcast for 2019. All right, Neil. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Happy New Year to you. 
Oh, thank you, John. Happy New Year to you too. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm uh, I'm very very privileged. Oh well, I'm excited that you would even consider the show being <laughs> the show privilege. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited to talk about uh, all the work that you've been doing, uh, especially I think you know at least you've sort of come on my radar the last six to eight months or so, uh, doing some pretty incredible stuff with Tableau. Um, when did you become a Tableau Zen master? By the way. Oh well, I think I became a Tableau Zen master towards the beginning of this year. They tend to be awarded for a calendar year. Um, right. I think it was around about uh, February the award came through. I was somewhat surprised, to say the least. I had to reread the email a few times. I thought I was <laughs> being asked to nominate someone else for a Zen master, and I thought, well, I've got a few uh, a few good ideas. Right. But, um, it, no, it turned out they wanted me to be one. So, uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. That, well, that's right. Do you walk around with a little metal hanging around your neck all the time? Well, I should do really. I've got some Zen Master T-shirts, but that doesn't really count. Yeah. And uh, people don't really know what that means in uh, in rural Derbyshire. Right, 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 right. Um, well, maybe you could talk a little bit about yourself and your background for folks to kind of get a sense of of the work that you're doing, and then um, we can we can talk about the the work that you've been doing. Sure. Okay. So um, we've spoken about Tableau, and I've been using that for about three years, maybe three and a bit. Um, and I started using that in uh, various jobs that I was working in. Um, I think most of what I've done and have sort of become known for has been um, outside of the field of what I do at work. So it's been um, maybe uh, visualizations I've put online uh, or maybe community activities that I've taken part in. And I've, I've, I've been quite prolific, really, both in pushing some of the boundaries or putting out some um, what I consider uh, different or interesting or fun visualizations, you know, just to to try and learn and improve and to put stuff out there, and and also I've done quite a lot of of blogging, um, which hopefully has been sort of relatively well received. I tend to um, use it partly to maybe sometimes promote something I've tried or a question I've had, and I like to pose a question out there to um, to anyone who's who's reading, just in case they have any um, different thoughts on on what I'm doing. Right. Um, so th- those are sort of the kind of the main things I've been involved in, really, just uh, sort of a bit of blogging and a lot of um, visualizing um, and just sort of having fun with it as a as a hobby, really, to to expand my uh, to my skills and my reach out there. Right. So so tell me a little bit about these, the, the non-standard chart types that you use. It's it's we've talked about it on Twitter a bunch. And I'm always curious about, you know, why people decide to move away from the line charts and bar charts you do a lot of stuff with with circles and radar charts and small multiples and i mean i usually find them great and fun to engage with and i think that's one of the things that you've told me in the past that people sort of you know maybe a little more likely to engage with them so explain for us your your thought process when you are creating a visualization that has maybe non-standard or or non-typical graph forms in that. well that's right so i mean partly Partly is because I still I still consider myself new and learning all the time, um, and so I'm always, I I feel I'm always going to learn something new if I if I think outside of the box. I I might well know that um, the technically best chart type for this would be a bar chart or a line chart or, or whatever. But if I can um, if, if I can think of something more engaging, then I feel I'm going to learn a bit more in doing it. Um, but also, it is very much in the fact of, of being um, noticed, and I don't mean me being noticed, but I mean you know in this in this Twitter world of um, things that are flying by, it, it's nice to have something which which sort of grabs the attention. 
sometimes for the wrong reasons even um mm. or one of my blog posts was you know whether we we take things too seriously and and you know often um people might not be you know, overly enamored with the with the analytical message that let's say a joy plot will uh, will put out right. because you know they might say well look we can't see what's behind that peak we can't see this and that we we, we can't read the exact numbers like we could on a on a chart or a or a bar chart but i think it's just a, a case of getting that balance and one of my I, you know I, I have many um influences and heroes if you like but i'm i'm it's always great to hear someone like um nadi bremer say um Look beyond the bar chart. Look for look for a new chart type. You know, don't necessarily think of the of the first chart type that you that you think of. And I think you know, right. um, there's there's no better sort of influence than that as someone who can do um, beautiful work in the field. Um, just to think, you know, can push the boundaries of the so called normal correct chart type. Mm. So that's really why I, I like to do it. Um, and I've got this sort of mantra is too strong a word, but you know, the fact in, intrigue leads to insight. That's kind of my thoughts on what I do. If I see something and it's intriguing and I see something that it makes me look, then I am likely to to spend 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes, whatever the sort of requisite time is just to, to find a bit more. Right. So you have this sort of public persona where you're playing around, I don't know, persona, maybe not, that's a strong term, but you have this this public profile sure. where you're playing around with with kind of interesting, fun data. You're You're creating some things that are sort of different and fun and you're trying to like you said, make a splash on the Twitter stream as it were, as it you know, flies by. But when you are working with more serious data and you're doing something maybe for work or something that you need a, a stakeholder really to look at, how, do you think in the same way, like I'm going to share this with my boss or a colleague, or this is a more serious topic, I'm going to fall back on the more standard graph types? Or do you still say, look, I still need to make something that's different and engaging in a different way. And so I'm going to, I'm going to try these other forms. It's kind of a mix of the two answers. Um, you do know 90% of the time that, you know, whatever you might be thinking that the, the correct analytical answer or the most sensible thing to do is the, the, the bar chart or whatever, but it could be mm-hmm. that I, I feel like if you have the mindset that, you know, maybe a Sankey would work in this situation, um, I, I do feel you learn with experience that usually know it wouldn't work and um, it, it is not the right thing to do. But if you if you have these things in your in your armory or in your vocabulary and you're, you're sort of prepared to think of them, there will be that one chart in 100 where you could think, no, hang on, we could do something different here. Mm. Um, why don't we sort of explain this? Um, and I was listening to um, uh, Cole Nufflick give her um, uh, talk with Elijah Meeks at the... Mm-hmm. Um, the tapestry conference where you were in the recent podcast and and he you know he said about how he tried to make a big splash at, at netflix with a really um funky sankey chart and it it died to death um yeah, but yeah. he said he learned from that you know um and he, he held that back and and you know a few years later when the project came back he thought about it and he thought well it needs more explanation maybe it needs a better annotation maybe it needs a a, a certain um different circumstance in which it can be used um and, and he found that there were circumstances where it was really well received you know a few years later with that with that additional experience um i mean i am sort of keen to to make the distinction between almost if you like um work life and 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 fun visualizations and i wouldn't usually advocate that that somebody goes and, and does a, a weird and wonderful album cover design to to show the latest um, profit figures or something like that 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> I did a workshop with Stephanie Posovic a, a few weeks ago, and we were having this conversation about we were. I was talking to the to people who were at the workshop about pie charts or something, mm. and uh, you know, she and I were sort of talking about them and. She said, you know, I probably wouldn't use a pie chart because I'm more on this side of I would try to do something, you know, creative and totally different and sort of outside the bounds. And for me personally, I'd probably be more on the totally the other side, right? Like my first instinct as someone who sort of went through the sort of standard economics field, right, is to like make a bar chart. But there's this whole spectrum of graphs in between. And I mean, for me, at least, it's a struggle to move away from that one end and towards the other end. Um, and I'm always trying to think of, you know, why would I use something that maybe isn't perceptually as accurate as a bar chart, but it's more engaging. It's a little more fun. Uh, and like you said, maybe it makes a splash in the Twitter uh, stream as it, as it rolls by. I, I think it depends what, what message that you want to tell. I mean, to me, if you need to tell an exact analytical message then you shouldn't necessarily be going too overly creative with your chart type. But if your message is, wow, that number is a lot bigger than that, or, you know, of these categories, look which one really stands out. If you don't need to see that the number, if you don't need to see that 86.3 is is way bigger than 19.7, there Mm. are so many different ways that you can, um, that that you can do that with impact. Um, you know, everyone knows that. Let's say you shouldn't compare the size of uh, of two circles because you know um, the eye might be thinking of it in terms of the radius, whereas really you might be looking at the, the different ratio of the areas. And, and you right. know, who can tell which is three times bigger? I can't. Um, but that to me is an example of you can tell the difference between really big and really small. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, you can tell the difference between those two circles. You can see that there is a big difference between those two circles just as easily and in a different and maybe diff- more impactful way than you can between new two numbers on a on a page. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. In, in, some, ways it, in some ways it goes the other way. And the first, almost the first rule that people learn when they try and sort of uh, pick up um, so-called best principles is pie charts are bad. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, the, the, the way of thinking is almost sort of coming around the other way. Um, I would, I would mm-hmm. happily use pie charts. I would happily use pie charts for a, a two or three segment chart that it has a lot of advantages that others don't. So I would never rule out using a pie chart. And again, it's sort of challenging the, the perceived ideas. Um, you know, sometimes you've got a, a square portion on your dashboard that you want to fill and a, a pie chart will do that perfectly or a donut chart. Um, so I would never, you know, however much of a reputation I might have for sort of coming up with something creative, I would never rule out the the easy or the simple or the obvious either. Yeah, so I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think the field has sort of turned back towards pie charts, I guess. I don't know. Like, we don't hate pie charts as, we, as much as we used to. And I think for me, the past year or so has been an evolution in my thinking about when to use certain graphs, which graphs are good and bad. And I think I've come down that the only graph that I would say never ever use are those like radial bar charts where the bars like wrap around the circle so that, you know, each bar is a different circumference of these, of, of the circle, because they're just perceptually incorrect. You have two values that are both 50 and they end up at the same spot on the circle. And that's just wrong. Um, but I think other than that, I, I don't know. I don't know if you feel this way, but I kind of feel like everything else is up for grabs. I, I think you're right. Um, and one person that I've been particularly um, 
influenced by, if that's the right word, and I, I need to, to thank you for this in one of your recent podcasts, is um, Du Bois, who, I mean, his visualizations probably break every um, modern rule in the book, and yet they, yeah. are, they are so striking and get the point across so well. Now you you can't measure the the length of those spirals and and compare them to um you know to to the uh, some of the other straight lines in there, but you don't need to. Mm. Uh, so yeah. I I think you know within reason. I'm sure we can come up with some other examples where you know that even I would say no, um, and you know most people would say no to. Um, I, I think so long as you use with you use with care and you use with the right context and you use for um for impact and enjoyment and discussion purposes. Um, then, yeah, I would say I would say most things are on the on the book. You only have to look at uh, xenographics to see, you know, the uh, the amount of uh, of fun, interesting child types that are out there. If you want to, uh, if you want to go different, yeah, I, I think that's right. So let me ask you this. So tell me a little bit about your Tableau experience. So you've been using it for a few years now. You're a Zen master. You've got the T-shirts and the gold medals, and uh, walk around <laughs> with. Uh, you know, with your uh, your feathers out when you go to the Tableau conference. So just can you talk a little bit about what is it about Tableau that you like so much? Yeah, I'm not sure I've given a great impression here of me strutting around with my, my Zen T-shirt on. That doesn't happen too much, I promise. But, um, <laughs> what it is I like so much is I'm under no qualms about it. It is a BI tool, first and foremost. Um, and the way that you should use Tableau is to plug your data in, to ask it a question and to get a really quick uh, analytic answer, sometimes a sophisticated, quick analytic answer, which it can show in a pretty nice visual form. You can use it for that, and you probably should use it only for that. But it has this amazing extra add-on ability um, to be used as a data visualization tool. Mm. So it's the combination of those two things that I really like. Um, and it, at work, most of us use it for the for the first reason that I mentioned. But you you can use it as a as a really sort of nice, sophisticated but accessible data visualization tool. Uh, you know, to to do things that others might consider data art um, mm. or any type of visualization you want. And the reason I like it is because the chances are most things have been tried, or most ideas have been. Um, thought about, written about, discussed. Um, you know, there, there's a, a community of people who, who can sort of help you. You can be stuck on the most simplest of things and you can Google it and you can be pretty sure that uh, somebody from beginner to expert has answered it. And Or if you're interested in something a bit more sophisticated or a bit more out there, then people, myself included, like to um, you know, like to show people what they've done, like to put up how to do these things um, so you you really do have a good um, support network out there. So ultimately, it's through something that I've you know used for uh, numerous analytical purposes at work. It has introduced me to the first sort of creative uh, hobby, if you like, that I've ever that I've ever used using data to make some quite sort of nice um, creative things. Okay, so I'm curious about how you got into Tableau. What were the data or visualization tools you were using? That ultimately led you to to go into Tableau and use Tableau. Well, prior to Tableau, I hadn't done much in the way of data visualization. Um, I was very much a data person, but all I'd really done was a couple of charts and simple charts in Excel and, and relatively simple charts in SPSS um, statistical software as well. Um, really, all I'd done was um, 
the sort of market research data tables where they just want to see every question and they want to see every question um, tabulated by every other question. So it would literally be um, pages and pages of, uh, of Excel charts or pages and pages of physical printout tables. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm old enough that it was back in the pre-internet days that occasionally it would be um, 400 sheets of paper all, all printed off and then um, put on the back of a motorbike and couriered from uh, one agency to another in a different part of the, of the country. Um, so it was very much sort of moving from a, a, a dry way of presenting data into visualizing data that, that sort of made me see the, the light. And I suppose Tableau, it could have been anything else, but it was um, the first time where I hadn't just been the intermediary in presenting the data to someone else who was going to um, find the story in the data or, or present it visually. It gave me um, the first opportunity to, to do that myself. Um, and that's what I really found uh, interesting, really. Um, I, I've always liked data and data visualization. You know, I used to, to buy um, David McCandless books for the, for the coffee table, that kind of thing. It was a sort of um, uh, a way into um, trying that kind of thing for, for myself for the first time. And it's also interesting how it's it, it, like a straight shot into interactive visualizations into building dashboards yeah. as opposed to like an Excel graph or an SPSS graph. Um, well, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I suppose it, it gives you the feeling that you're um, presenting something a little more um, sophisticated, if you like, that you're creating something that's um, halfway between uh, a static output and uh, and something that that's really, a, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but, you know, something that's almost more like a, a, an app feel to it or something that that's, mm. that allows you to, to drill down deeper. Because um, right. that's always been, you know, the, the case, particularly in a lot of the data that I dealt with professionally, that the people want to, um, to drill down uh, deeper into their data and see things sort of um, sliced and diced in different ways. As opposed to the way you were doing it where it's 40 pages and a sort of do that exercise is like well that's right yeah yeah i mean it, it used to be a case of of you know rather than drilling down it would be sort of showing every layer literally mm. you know layered in sheets of paper like that so it was a it was a good introduction into and uh, into doing some more interesting stuff yes and doing some uh, some structured dashboarding Right. Um, I want to make a statement. I want to get your take on it. Yeah. Um, as, a, as someone who's working in Tableau and, and playing around with different forms and interactivity, I'm going to make a statement and I just want to, you know, just tell me what you think. So, all right, here we go. Ready? Okay. Um, ignoring the technical considerations. So ignoring how difficult it is to create a visualization. Okay. It is more difficult to communicate a message in static charts than it is in interactive charts. Um. Well, I'm not really sure that I agree with that. Um, I suppose, firstly, because most charts that you will see or most charts that most people will consume, whether it's uh, professionally or um, you know, in, the, uh, in the media, they are still static. And indeed, I think most chart packages will still focus on, on static things. So I think there's a, mm. a, a great skill, and not, not a technical skill, but there's a great skill in um, getting a message across in, in static charts. Um, I, I suppose particularly, if you, if you talk about um, interactivity, I wouldn't necessarily always think of interactivity as 
um, clicking through and, and getting um, a different views of charts, that kind of thing, although that can um, add a lot to what you do. But even, even let's say, your text, even your annotations or your well-written um, uh, titles, they, they might not be interactivity in the sense of the word that we think it, but you are still you are interacting with the chart. You are moving from the from the data elements to the non-data elements, and it's the non-data elements which are, are just as crucial um, in, in telling that particular story. And I think if that's done well, um, then you can tell just as much with a uh, with a static uh, visualization as you can with a um, with a with a dy- dynamic or interactive one. Um, and, and I think in many ways, if you can do that, you know, if you can convey everything you want to convey on one one page, one image, one visualization that doesn't require um, interaction or that doesn't require a click through or a hover through into something else, um, then in many ways that that's that's more powerful. Another question said again, you asked about it being more difficult, but. Mm. Um, I don't think I don't think it is more difficult, and I think, as you say, ignoring the technical constraints, it's probably um, just as just as possible, let's say, to to um, get that message across in a in a really good static visualization. Right. The reason I posit that statement, and I don't have a, I, I'm not sure I have a, a strong view on on it, uh, to be honest, is that in in some ways, uh, or in many ways, I guess, in interactive charts, or at least in in dashboarding, I should say. Um, the creator has the option to give the user everything yeah. and to say, you know, go for it. You know, you have filters and sliders and whatever, and you can go, you know, go take a look. Whereas in a static chart, you you have to make a decision about what you want to say. Um, and that may just be the difference between a dashboarding approach versus interactive, you know, a different type of interactive graphic. I think you're right, yeah, and I, I don't think I think they are sort of different um, approaches which require different skills, but I don't think one is more sort of um, difficult. And right. I, let's face it, I love the other kind of chart that you say as well. Um, I, I should be a, an, an Andy Cockreave here and, and give my answer as it depends, because I think it's probably quite easy <laughs> to, uh, to to give an argument for both kinds of uh, both kinds of answer. Um, and, and, you know, from pure dashboarding point of view, certainly a lot of the data that I will work with professionally, you know, there's um, uh, there's a lot of data in higher education, and if you if you put it all out there and give your client the opportunity to to slice by all the different um, dimensions that they might want to, you can create a very powerful dashboard, which can it can give the user a lot more flexibility and a lot more power. I'm not mm. sure that it answers the question about sending the message though i think if you want to send your own message or so i think if you want to sort of um editorialize and you know i think let's face it most visualization is editorializing isn't it because you're already choosing what data you put in the chart if you want to do that then in many ways it's it's easier um to do with a with, with a static dashboard it's a bit like exploratory versus explanatory isn't it yeah I think different yeah. different um different horses for courses yeah so let me ask one more question. We're at the beginning of the year. What do you have a, a plan or a goal or, or, or a series of things that you want to work on for at least the next, you know, the beginning of, of 2019? Yeah, certainly it would be good. Um, I recently I was at the, the Tableau conference and I sort of came out with some some ambitions, if you like, over the next year or some some, some re- almost New Year resolutions, if you like. So that sort of feels <laughs> quite nicely. Um, and really, I, 
quite interested in the idea of collaborations. Um, a lot of what I do, I do by myself, but I'd love to work with more people, to collaborate with more people. I've got to talk to some, uh, some great people at, at conferences who've said, you know, why don't we do this? Or I really like that. I've got this idea. Um, and the more people you meet, the more people have, have similar ideas to you and might want to take something in a different direction. And the idea of combining skills, both technically and ideas and, and creative um, thoughts, really is quite interesting to me. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to um, do something like that this year. Uh, I, I could talk for a whole podcast about it. I was quite inspired by um, meeting um, Georgia Lupi recently as well. Um, and that sort of took me right into the um, into the idea of, of thinking, you know, what what can I do to be more like her to be to to do some of the kind of stuff that she does. Um, and I've already actually sort of uh, had a go at a project at sort of recreating some of her um, uh, the TED Talk badges in in, in Tableau, and that's been quite received with, with quite some interest. Um, so uh, yeah, so just a few ideas like that, and, and really, I'm I still have this this imposter syndrome idea that you know here I am on on your podcast, and I listen to your podcast to hear to hear experts and uh, people in the field, and yet I am slowly trying to become one of those myself. So it's right. <laughs> and, and I'm still in a little bit of disbelief there. So it's to try and build on that and to 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 do more to. Um, I, just, I love the idea of training and talking more and just sort of getting more of these conversations going, like the conversations that we have here or the conversations I try and start on my, on my website, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there, the, we didn't get to talk about the, you know, I mean, you had this great post of uh, blog post after Tableau conference, and then you had this great post about the Du Bois uh, graphics. So um, I'll link to all those on the show notes so, so people can check them out. And um, of course your Tableau public page. So, uh, people can check those out as well. Cool. Um, yeah. So, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing what you come up with, uh, this year. Um, it's on my reading list. So, um, okay. so, well, so happy new year and thanks for coming on the show. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, thanks John. Happy new year. Thank you for having me on. So thanks for tuning in. So until next time, this has been the policy of podcast. Thanks so much for listening.